Hey, Matthew, I got tested for corona this week. Oh, dear God. Andy, how did it go? It went great. The doctors say it's all looking positive. Oh, you dumb motherfucker. Podcast Yggdrasil. And we're back. And Andy's actually not ill. Yeah. But he's dumb, though. Negative. I'm kind of happy about that. Yeah, I mean... I wasn't looking forward to being sick with COVID during Christmas. It's the third time now? Yeah, third time. Twice this week. And it's not a charm? Hmm. Uh, the testing isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Have you have you taken a test? No, um, I'm keeping safe. <laughs> yeah, I'm, keep, I'm staying safe inside. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, it goes down your throat, then up your nose. The one up your nose kind of sucks. But it doesn't hurt. Sounds quite acrobatic. Yeah, they really wiggle it around in there. Okay, our subject for this week is the coronavirus. COVID-19. And uh, it's still here. It's still here. And, uh, Remember back in February when we said, ah, it'll pass, it'll be like the bird flu. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I wish it were so. <laughs> Luckily, we did not make an episode out of that. Yeah, scrapped. Okay, Matthew. Yes. Why are we talking about the coronavirus? Haven't we talked enough about the coronavirus for the next century? I mean, technically, we haven't talked about it yet, but... Everyone it's... has talked about the coronavirus. My God. It's arguably the most important thing happening this year. At least B the most... Both in the sense of that it's still here and, you know, it's... Whatever's happened, it's gonna affect us in a big way. But also in, like, when was the last time you saw the world having to deal with a thing of this magnitude? Well, historically, a hundred years ago. It seems around the 20s of every century, there's a big pandemic. What was it called last century? The Spanish flu? The Spanish flu, yeah. That killed quite a bit more... It was a, a bit more, more deadly. People. Yeah. Okay. Why are we going to talk about it? Well, A, a lot of people have a lot of different reactions to it. We mm -hmm. have Agreed. the people who, who stay inside. You have the people who think that every sick person is a hired crisis actor. Of course. Uh, we have governments acting with different varies of success. <laughs> Hello, Sweden. <laughs> um, we have... Uh, I mean, it affects the economy. It affects, you know, it affects so much of our of lives. In the both, if you get sick and how it affects you in a health way, but also in, you know, just existing way. Hmm. You you called it the most important thing of this year, and yeah, I mean, it's like sure. There's been like big events. I mean, not only this year in terms of like elections, but like. This feels kind of almost like a big war in a way. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I think aside from narrowly dodging World War Three at the at the start of the year. Who remembers that? <laughs> Can you? Can you remember it, January? I mean, in twenty nineteen, could you even imagine going into the year, starting off literally days after New Year's Eve, with the threat of a third world war? And then immediately forgetting it ever happened yeah. just weeks later. I wasn't counting on that. <laughs> well, 2020 has been a special year. Yeah, 
special bitch of a year. But yeah. Yeah, uh, but you called it important. And it's... I think that's right. I think you're right. And I think the reason you're right is because, I mean, a lot of shit has happened this year. A lot of stuff has happened. Yeah. A lot of big stuff, it feels like. And really important stuff. I don't want to undermine that kind of shit. No, but still, the coronavirus, yeah. the COVID-19 has been... It's, it feels like it's been central to all, all of those other things that have happened that are important. Yeah. They feel like they've been at least somehow connected to the coronavirus. Uh, we had the, the, the US presidential election. Yeah. We talked about that. Uh, yeah. And you could argue that Donald Trump and his administration's handling of the coronavirus in the US uh, led him to lose the election. I mean, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, but we both thought he would win. Uh, regardless uh, but we weren't as sure as we were when we said the same thing in uh, February March yeah yeah uh, I think we're both pretty confident that yeah <laughs> there's I don't think the Democrats are gonna be able to field a good opponent that can actually beat him and uh, Corona happens yeah and I really do think it was important to the election but there are plenty of other things as well. I mean, there have been restrictions in, I mean, everything. <laughs> restrictions in how you can move about, uh, use of collective transport, uh, public transportation. I mean, uh, did you even know that there was supposed to be an Olymp uh, an Olympics Olympic Games this year? That was canceled. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like I, rem <laughs> I remember that we were supposed to have like. Uh the Europa Championship in football or what it's called in English oh yeah that was a thing that was a thing yeah because I, I mean I don't follow the Olympics but the Olympics yeah, being cancelled is a pretty big deal it's every even year it's... yeah it doesn't really happen that often and uh, I mean I think we were supposed to now together with Denmark have some kind of handball championship that we like yeah we're not doing it yeah probably and I mean a lot more important things like almost every big movie that was going to hit this year has still not been released. I mean, has a movie even been released? A couple were in March? summer, but mo most of the movies that have yeah, been released. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog, woo! <laughs> most of the like movies that came out, you know, they're going direct to streaming services. Can you believe it's been, what, like a year and a half since the last Marvel movie or something? Yeah. It's been crazy. And uh, it might be even longer, but yeah, it's it's affected a lot more serious things as well. <laughs> yeah. So the coronavirus. Well, why bring it up again? Mainly because it's still relevant. It's I mean, it then, might be going somewhere with these you know possible functioning vaccines. We'll, oh yeah, <laughs> that you know might. The developed in one year when it usually takes 15 vaccine. Well, I mean, <laughs> not, not that much, but still. Uh, but the, the interesting thing is, I think we can all agree that, like, no matter how good a country did, every single country fucked up. Yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, I, I feel New like Zealand have been doing pretty well. Yeah, New Zealand is, I mean, there's a reason a lot of rich people are hanging out there right now. Have you seen their prime minister? She seems kind of awesome. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Ar Argena or something. Ar Argent. Something uh, something that begins with an A. 
I think she has a name. That's all I know. Yes. Anyway, you were saying. Yeah, I think pretty much every single country fucked up. You know. In what way? If if we look at the stats, Norway comes out fairly well, but you know, there's been this you know big second wave right now, and mm. I feel like all of the second wave that happened, it's not because like this new thing with the virus happened. It's because you know, we let it back in. Yeah, I mean, people relaxed. People relaxed, we opened our borders and went on vacations and, you know, you kind of only need like one or two major outbreaks and then suddenly, you know, it's spreading back home and it's spreading back home from the people you encountered and then it's everywhere again. And it's kind of weird. I remember we talked about this, you know, in the summer when it started to to escalate again that... I expected, you know, like a hard crackdown, and then they were like, eh, "We'll see how it goes." Hmm. And then now we are here with having Christmas, where you can meet like maybe ten people. I don't know. Let let's. Uh, we're both Norwegian. Uh, let's quickly detail how we dealt with it here in yes. Norway, because I guess a lot of people listening don't know the details of what living with COVID has been like here in Norway. Uh, and well, when the wave, uh, when when things first broke out, I think it was March twelfth, the twelfth of March. I think was the day when shit really hit the fan and everything closed down. Yeah. I mean, I work as a teacher, and I'm I'm pretty sure it was March twelfth, March twelfth that closed we, the we closed the schools, homeschooling, which was not as fun as I thought it would be. Uh, once we locked down, we, I mean, it felt like we really locked down. Uh, maybe because it was so new, but... Yeah, and so quick because, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the virus. And then, you know, it went, you know, from one week to like, nah, it's this kind of virus thing we will see to like, oh shit, everybody's infected. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, we closed down and I... Based upon the information that's come out later, I feel like the only reason that happened was because Denmark closed down, and then they're like, oh, we can close down the schools because other people did it too, so we won't look crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, Norway's in a... not a special position, but uh, two of our neighboring countries, uh, went. they went for quite different strategies in yeah. dealing with this virus. Uh, Denmark were quite quick, I think, yeah. in locking things down, shutting down schools, that kind of thing. Uh, while Sweden decided to go the opposite way and herd immunity, yeah, go for herd immunity by just basically getting everyone infected and hoping enough made it through. <laughs> you you know, like and things are weird when like you know the conservative kind of people are like, yeah, we should make America more like Sweden that are not closed down. <laughs> yeah, my God. So yeah, on one side you had Denmark being quite strict, and on the other you had Sweden going the opposite way taking a chance that it would blow over, I guess, and herd immunity would kick in. And then you had Norway in between. And like you say, like you said, I I also got the feeling that our government basically just, they waited for someone else to make their move, yeah. and then they kind of followed in their footsteps. And that's what we did. We shut things down. Uh, I, I don't remember if there was a mask mandate. Never. But you were asked to. Not until now. You were asked to wear a mask, and 
Use, um, pu- use public transportation as little as possible. You, I don't think really like this. I mean, they, they did the same thing with like, you know, well, masks, we don't really know. And, you know, it was this whole, we don't want masks to sell out because mm. we need it for the medical personnel. That's true. Uh, so masks didn't really come into the dialogue about COVID until the, the second wave hit, I oh, feel. Okay, yeah. It's been so long. It's been almost a fucking year. Oh, I'm so tired of it. Anyway... Uh, and you haven't even gotten it yet. Yeah. Uh, we made it through that first wave. Yeah. Seemingly unscathed. Like I mean, when you close things down, it's, it affects the spread. But uh, a lot of rich people don't like that shit. Yeah, I mean, we had idiots, of course, just ignoring ignoring the safety precautions that were advised, that kind of thing. But ultimately, we ended up, as we went into the summer break... Uh, with a couple hundred deaths, I think. Yeah, um, maybe not even that far. Yeah, somewhere sure. between 100 and 200, I think. Uh, and things kind of calmed down when we went into the summer. And somewhere in the second half of the summer, the second wave started. We started to see a rise in uh, yeah. in uh, infection numbers. And what I think, what I noticed, and what I think a lot of people noticed, is that uh, maybe not a lot. But what I saw was that people seemed to be a lot more relaxed about the virus when the second wave started. Yeah, it was a feeling that, you know, we were through this. and Yeah, we've been through it once. It, everything it was is fine. opening up, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I knew no... I mean, no one in my family has died yet. Knock on wood. Uh, and I think a lot of people felt that way. Like, hey, it went better than expected. We got quite scared and it wasn't as bad as we thought. And that made people take it less seriously. And I think also like the, the official reaction from, you know, the government at that point was, you know, ah, it's rising and that's bad, but it wasn't like, you know, get your shit together. I expected like a harder, you know, not a full lockdown, but like, you know, some soft measures that would like, you know, make people remember that shit was still going on. Yeah, at the very least, some strong language. Like I mean, at, at this point, they were like, opening up so more people could use you know collective transportation at once yeah. they were bars op- and restaurants were, were opening open. so like they were let even though they were saying you know don't be together the perception on society opening up again makes people think it's going in the right direction even though the arrow was moving the other way yeah and i think it was clear to a lot of people that uh, people in general weren't taking it as seriously on the second go around and I personally, I think it was a huge mistake on our government's part not to, as you say, crack down hard once that second wave started. They should have gone out and said, hey, we can see that there's a second wave coming. We knew about this before. It would, it would probably come. And here it comes. Uh, we need to start taking measures now. But we didn't see any of that. Yeah. It was more a, a lot of soft language. And I think also a big problem was the fact that uh, we opened our borders. And I don't mean it in a, like, you probably need some form of opening of borders. But the fact that, like, oh, if you want to go on vacation in a different country, sure, go ahead. Go over there and, or, you know, go and visit Italy's great Sweden. this time of year. Uh, or, and, and, you know, you were supposed to self-quarantine when you got back, but nobody followed that up, mm. which means probably most people didn't. I mean, a lot of people just vacation. I mean, they... They quarantined with friends and family. Yeah, and then they're uh, and you know they're like, I feel good, 
and then suddenly every people around them don't feel good mm. and then you know what's asymptomatic what does that mean <laughs> so yeah as of now we're in the middle of the second wave and more people are getting effect- infected than ever I think I, I th- it's it's starting to turn around right now. Okay, like because the, the, the numbers were at the highest we've ever seen. We we, we saw some just really a short high, while ago. high restraints with the last. Uh, I think that was a couple of weeks ago, and I think we st- we were starting to see the results of that. With the, I mean, it's still fairly high numbers compared to what it was, you know, a couple of months back, or maybe three months back. But it's, you know, it's instead of having you know almost thousand people a day it's you know 400 maybe so Hmm. it's it's going down again yeah yeah uh well i guess i can probably speak more to the specific i mean how it's felt being i mean i go outside outside more (laughs) to and to and from work Uh, i take the bus and i work in one of if not the most uh, infection uh, what should i say one of the most the, in- the epicenter uh, yeah the epicenter of uh, con- uh, uh what's it called con- <laughs> contagiousness in yeah. uh, in in oslo one of the most contagious areas where the most infected are and uh, what i noticed was that after our government started taking it a little more serious the second wave uh, they told us all to uh, please wear masks. You should wear masks when you're when you can't keep at least two meters of distance. You need you should wear a mask. So that's yeah. You need to wear a mask. That we're we're telling you 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 have to wear a mask. And what I saw, I mean, you got a few messages from me yep. when I was on the bus, where I wrote like, "Hey, I'm on the bus. There are 22 people here. Seven are wearing masks." Next day. Hey, 15 people on the bus, four are wearing masks. Uh, my point being that a lot of people took public transportation, didn't wear masks, didn't take it seriously at all. Yeah, it's uh, funny, like, by all means, don't misunderstand me here. I don't like governments with power. I don't like the control they have. But I find it very funny that, you know, right now the conservatives are in power and you know, there were very much, at least in the uh, verbal form, when they talk about their ideas, they claim to be, you know, the party of personal responsibility. And mm. th- th- there's been a lack of personal responsibility <laughs> taken there. Yeah, uh, by all means, uh, things have gotten a lot better now. There are many, there are a lot fewer people not wearing masks. We've gotten a lot better. Uh, yeah, I think the balance has really shifted. When I take the bus to or from work now uh, it's usually only maybe one or two people out of 20 it's getting to the place where you, you're the awkward one I mean I wear masks but no no not you but like if you go oh, on the bus oh, yeah, without yeah. the mask you'll feel like oh shit I'm naked yeah and I mean uh, I've been telling people <laughs> quite ca- passive aggressively like did you forget your mask sir oh no you didn't <laughs> well take it out of your ass then mm. Yeah, I, I, I've been trying to hold back a little, you know, be more zen about it, but no, it hasn't been working very well. Nothing make people zen like a pandemic. Yeah. Nothing's more zen than dead. I mean, since we're in to the, like, Norwegian aspect of it, I think mm. 
a very interesting thing in Norway is the fact that it has not really been I mean it's been some but compared to the rest of the world it hasn't really been a movement against the measurements claiming that this is a fake illness yeah because that's the next big part of it uh, just to finish up on the Norwegian aspect uh, because the thing I was getting at uh, working my way towards uh, was the fact that our government they told us to wear masks yeah they told us yes you have to wear masks if you want to yeah but because they never gave us an or else there was no consequence yeah and, and to those people not wearing masks and even when they like at some point that they were became like you know you have to wear a mask it's 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 mandated it's mandated and then they said you know the next day that but the police will never look into it if you don't. Yeah, because what I was thinking every day on that goddamn bus was, okay, it's unfair for the, it's unfair to put the responsibility on the bus driver. I get that. Being a bus driver is a tiresome profession. You have to deal with a lot of bullshit. So I don't want to put that responsibility on the bus drivers. But you should at least get some security guards or someone to stand on the buses and the subways and. Every I mean, time a person steps onto it without a mask, those security guys tell them to fuck off. I mean, they have people checking if you're tickets, I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, I mean, sure, check my ticket, but also kick off the moron spreading disease two meters over. Yeah, and I, I feel that's weird that they didn't use the same people to do that. Like, I can understand you can't check every single bus, but... Oh, I know. I think I know why they didn't, because... First of all, making money. First of all, public transportation in our country isn't that public. I mean, it's privately owned, uh, so it hurts their bottom line to put people on those buses to check. I mean, it costs money to hire those people, so they don't if they don't have to. Uh, and I think the reason our government was so wishy-washy about demanding yet not demanding that uh, is that they wanted to be able to look back on this and say hey we mandated masks you had to wear them we said uh, but they didn't enforce it so i think their wish i think their plan was to be able to say hey remember the mandate uh, but also not enforcing it so people don't get that angry at them right now i mean aside from us but we're always angry about something ah yes uh and we'll so, be angry at the next government as well. Yeah, so I think their goal was to, you know, avoid criticism. Maybe not avoid criticism, but avoid making people angry. Because a yeah, lot of people are yeah, sensitive as, as about well this. as well as making hard choices. Like, if there's one thing we can criticize this government for is their inability to make <sighs> hard choices. Except when it's cutting the taxes for the very rich. Yeah. They're, they're very good at making those hard choices. Mm. Yeah, or passively supporting, you know, a genocidal Chinese regime. Oh, yeah, that's true as well. Uh, hashtag free Hong Kong. <laughs> Chi Pu. <laughs> He's the president. Chi Pu. That's his name. Uh, okay, moving on. I'm going to get banned uh, in China. <laughs> whatever. <sighs> oh, God. There's a billion people there. Customer. Moving on. <laughs> Very nice listeners. Yes. Impressive and... Good Ch China. Yes. yes. Uh, you Yeah, you were moving on to the, uh, the, the non-believers, the people who deny the coronavirus. Yes. Our brave heroes of the resistance. 
While we succumb to the virus... Don't you know that this is all just a trick about from the elite? We must join the resistance, Matthew. The people who have seen... They have seen the truth. Yes. They went to the hospital and no one was there. Yeah, strange that. Where are all the bodies? Where are all the bodies? Do you think we keep them in the streets? God damn it, these people. Uh, okay, seriously. Uh, you, you started out saying that... Here in Norway, we haven't really seen much of a movement yeah. that like you can find denies some denies the virus. You check the right, you know, uh, comment field on a forum or a newspaper, you'll you'll spot some. But you know, they they were supposed to have a demonstration in front of a the parliament, and I think like a thousand people showed up. And if you compare that to like Germany and other places, you had like. 20,000, 30,000, like, big gatherings of people. Yeah, a few countries have had, like, solid, solid movements of people claiming that the entire pandemic is a hoax. I mean, America is the easiest example to point to, probably, but... Uh, Asks are communism. Yeah, but it's not... It's an, it's an international problem. Yeah. But what is the problem? I mean, I think it goes a lot with what we had talked about earlier in terms of the fact that we have separate realities and also in the way we we have very different fact sources. Mm. So, you know, one man's truth is another man's... Lies. Yeah. And especially, you know, the groups that comes from or, you know, that has, you know, a lot of... I don't want to say alternative beliefs because, well, let's be honest, we're two guys with some alternative beliefs <laughs> but a, a lot of people on those fringes they tend to you know have that you know skepticism against you know vaccination they tend to have you know believe in a lot of conspiracy theories so leaning that into like actually bill gates is trying to chip you with g5 whatever thingy to rule the world but might seem logical i think they're these people, they are primed to believe these things. Uh, when they hear something, uh, they they automatically seek out the al- the alternative side to whatever issues issue we're talking about. Uh, I think these conspiracy people, I mean conspiracy theorists in general, they're just more open to this. And uh, I think, yeah, they get kind of rabid when you dangle an alternative approach to something in front of them. Uh, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams. Uh, United 97 didn't crash in the Pentagon uh, or whatever. Uh, Osama's still alive. Osama's still alive. Obama's a Muslim. Uh, there's more than one uh, Olsen twin. There are plenty of conspiracy theories there. And I think those people are just, yeah, <laughs> if you give them the option of believing something the mainstream isn't believing, they jump on that chance. Yeah. I think it's also like, how, how do you say this? If you know, you know, you get off your high horse a bit and, and look, you know, from a different perspective. I think it's a, a way of for some people to act out against a logical problem, but in an illogical way because they don't know how to do it. Like if you imagine, you know, you're trying to get by in this world and 
let's be honest, if you're the average guy, you're probably getting screwed over in some way or another. Yeah. And then some people show up and tell you that you can't go to your job and work anymore. And so they're going to stop paying you. And then now you have to spend this extra expense on masks that, well, since you lost your paycheck, you can't really afford. And you don't really like that reality or you don't like, you know, you're left in a situation in which you're getting screwed over in a different way and you, like going back to how things were, even though they might be a bit risky, seems like a very nice idea for you, even though technically that's not the problem. The problem is you're left without, you know, proper care in a way, hmm. even though it's not necessarily healthcare, even though if you're living in America, that's, you know, also the case. I also think, uh, and by all means, uh, I can't speak for conspiracy theorists uh, of the past. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I mean, I can't claim to know what goes on in their heads. But I do think that the conspiracy theorist movement that you see today is a much more, should I say, partisan movement? Yeah. Or at least tribalistic, tribal, more tribal in the way they're thinking. So I think if they, if you, if you are one of those people who believe in a few conspiracy theories, whether it be about 9-11, the moon, uh, uh, chemtrails. Yes, people, that's true. The moon is fake. It's not there. It's like a cardboard thing that's held over your house. It's fake. Yeah, it's like Finland. It doesn't exist. Uh, but yeah, if, if you're prone to believing in conspiracy theories, if you're one of those guys who believe a few conspiracies, I think once you get presented with a new conspiracy that a lot of people from your own... from the, That a lot of people... That a lot of other people who also believe in conspiracy theories believe, I think you're more prone to thinking that, hey, I should... I should believe in this. Uh, that was poorly explained, but I think once... I hear words. Yeah, I, that was a terrible explanation. I mean, I, I think you're trying to say so, what I was thinking of saying, which is like, you know, I think it's like, you know, the Marvel phenomenon that, you know, everything is supposed to be a shared universe these days. So like, you know, back in the day, you might be skeptical about, you know, who shot JFK or, you know, something like that. But... In these days, all the different conspiracy groups interact with each other, which tends to lead to a lot of people believing a lot of the same conspiracy theories. And I think that if you believe a lot of them, it's very easy to kind of form this kind of narrative about what's going on. You know, reptiles are controlling the government from space. Yeah, deep and states. therefore, you know, all these things are happening, which means that if you look through what's happening in that lens, things looks very different yeah and i think it's about uh, oh what was it called the um okay i i can't remember the term but i'm sorry to do this but i have to bring this back to donald trump because i think a good way of putting the way i'm thinking of it is through the eyes of the average average uh, trump supporter 
because if you're a Trump supporter, you've had to do some mental gymnastics over the few, last few years. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're going to have some slow-ass brains. Yeah, I mean, you've had to accept some crazy claims over the few, last few years. And I think once you're in that, should we say, cult, once you're in that group, uh, I mean, take what's happening now. Donald Trump is launching into tirades about how the election was stolen, how they have tons of evidence, uh, how everyone is against him. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to fire William Barr any moment. Uh, like, you have to... <laughs> These people are jumping onto every new lie that's coming, even though it seems incredible that they would still believe in him. And it's, uh, 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 fuck, I can't explain this well enough, but you're in so deep that you're almost required to think in this way. Yeah, so it's, if you, it's, if you it's harder to break with the established pattern of thought. Yeah, like if you already believe that the Democrats stole the election, then of course you're going to, you kind of have to accept uh, that, uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Biden personally broke into every ballot box and stole and burned Trump votes. Once that claim's out there, you kind of have to go with it because you've accepted so much other crazy shit. And I think, I think the thing with the coronavirus and other conspiracies is something similar to that. You, you already believe in the lizardmen, lizardmen, so you kind of have to jump on the bandwagon about the other stuff, or at least you're more open to it. Yeah, and it also comes down to the fact that a lot of these conspiracy theories, and you know, this is where it's kind of sad because they lead you to be very much in opposition to the government. And I mean, not like a specific government, I mean, like, you know, the government in general because they're corrupted or they're evil or they're pedophiles or they're reptiles or whatever, you know, the, the people in charge. and. I say it's sad because personally I believe it's very healthy to be very skeptical and critical of your own government. You shouldn't just trust them, you shouldn't give them, you know, authorities over everything. So in theory that's a good thing, but here you kind of create them as, you know, these cartoonish supervillains and it's probably really hard to believe them when they say like, hey, this is serious, so stay inside. Yeah, I mean, you're you're basically trained or indoctrinated into not just being skeptical of, but immediately being dismissive of yeah. any information from the government that I guess seems too absolute or, or doesn't fit your narrative. Narrative because you have this really weird thing, and you can see this with you know Republicans when they like. The virus isn't real, the virus isn't real, and then someone is like, you know, the virus came from China, and they're like, we need to make China an example of this, they unleashed this terrible virus on us, and then they're like, are you going to wear a mask? No, of course not. No. Uh, so, so, you know, it's... I mean, masks became a partisan issue in we, the US, and now they have, what, 250,000 dead? Yeah. They're going, they're nearing up on 3,000 dead people every single day. One nine eleven. Yeah, one nine eleven every day. And somehow, just Trump think was how a good crazy president. that is. I mean, yeah. more people have died in the U.S. Uh, during this last, well, less than a year, these last six to seven months. Yeah, and you, than 
died during the entirety of the Iraq war, almost. And we've seen a lot of problems with, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily that, you know, our governments has done the best they could, but you can see on these, how would you call them, like, you know, reactionary, strongman government types, you know, your Bolsonaro's, your... Putin. Yeah. They, 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 they had this, because they're not supposed to be afraid of things. They're not supposed to... I mean, they're supposed to say that, like, Antifa is super dangerous and they're going to come and steal your shit. But they can't say, you know, hey, you know, this disease is serious, so we need to take precaution and, you know, not show take- compassion to other people. Because they're not running on compassion. Like, you, you get people like Bolsonaro, who's like, <laughs> now nah, I'm not going to mask wear a mask. That's for gay people. Hmm. Like, that's matter. <laughs> Only gays wear masks. Gays and their health and safety. But yeah, that's the take. They, that that's the stance they have to take. Just be strong. Yeah, real men deal with disease like, like just nobody's show business. your muscles and like the the particle and the bacteria just bounces off virus. I if you're sick with COVID, it just means you're not flexing hard enough. Yes. So. Where do we go from here? Yeah, that I, was, where do we go from here? I, I mean, that's not in a Back podcast set, but in, in like, how, how will this world change? Because, I mean, we try to bail out some of the corporations, but, you know, how a lot of small business is going to go out. A lot of bigger Big business are gonna grow. Will, will have problems, be, like... If this vaccine works and everything is, you know, away in a couple of months, that might save somebody. But, you know, people are bleeding red in a lot of ways. And, and green. The the markets <clears throat> will have an impact on our future in a way that, you know, most of us didn't get sick. We're fine. But the health of our jobs might be on the line or mm. you know you know what are the governments going to do like i don't see them raising taxes because they like to cut them but they're probably going to find other ways of you know robbing us for more money because they spent a lot of money they didn't want to spend on keeping some businesses alive mm. we we might hit a more recession Just wait a minute because i i object to the use of the word they because they spend our money. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We are spending our money to keep our businesses alive. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to break in because we're going to be seeing a lot of that language in the coming yeah. months and years, I think. How they needed to, they, the small businesses, needed to be helped. And uh, fuck it, I, I didn't formulate that thought, but. No, but it's 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 yeah. true. It's it's you know we, it's our we, money. we paid for that shit. <laughs> it's taxpayer money. Uh, at least when we were allowed to work this year. Yeah, I'm sick of hearing that we we are bailing out or keeping we're keeping afloat smaller businesses like it's a bad thing, when at the same time we're actually bailing out bigger businesses like I mean okay Norway isn't isn't exactly bailing out Amazon. But, I mean, Jeff Bezos has made a literal killing in the last six months. Yeah, and I mean, like, the money we're spending, it's not going to your average, you know, kebab shop at the street level. It's Mm. going to, you know, more established brands that, I mean, by all means, probably have a lot more 
in terms of what they are employing. Airliners. Yeah. They just fired like 200 people, I think, in Norwegian. Yeah. Or, yeah. I, I don't remember the company. I think it was Norwegian. Yeah, and I like, I think it was uh, Stordalen as well that was out, you know, talking about whether or not he would be able to keep it another year. He's like, uh, he's running a big hotel chain and some other tourists real mm. things. It's it's interesting to see how this will affect us in what what's going left because even before this recession or what we're going to call it hits, there were a lot of talks about you know we need to save more money, we need to work more because things are not good enough and well they ain't going to get better. <laughs> hmm. The coronavirus is a depressing as fuck subject to talk about. I mean, it's like 2020, the movie. Yeah. There isn't really a lot of good stuff to talk about. What are some good things that will come out of this pandemic? I, I've got one thing. but Yeah, I, I think one good thing is that hopefully people realize how fragile things are. Mm -hmm. Like It's just like a nip in the rug and then suddenly a lot of shit is falling apart and that the second part isn't really a good thing because <laughs> I would argue that that hasn't come to fruition but I would hope that people would realize that you know the, the grown-ups in the room so to speak don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah uh, it's weird I mean there are a few moments in your life when you kind of realize that hey the person or entity you thought was in control isn't really that much in control i mean most of us have had a moment some time during our lives where we are confronted by the truth of how ordinary and human our parents are yeah i mean who hasn't had a moment where shit my mom or dad is an idiot or an asshole or made a huge mistake uh, or yeah <laughs> you're confronted by how human they are and how fallible and for me, I had a moment when I was 20, <laughs> when I was working in commercials, uh, and where I realized that, hey, <laughs> you really don't have to be a smart person to run a company in this country. <laughs> so that was a big moment for me, just realizing that, wow, I'm 20, and I, mean, I could actually run a business in Norway <laughs> without much trouble if I just had money. Especially if we get some of that sweet bailout money. <laughs> yeah. And I think... Another one of those moments is when it comes to your government, because you kind of trust the people elected into office to know their shit. And I mean, of course, they they know a lot of stuff, but do they though? They know a lot of stuff, but do they know the right stuff? Because we've seen in a lot of countries right now this year that no, they don't really know what they're doing. And a lot of what they do is simply wrapping things up in a nicer than it really is packaging and uh yeah uh, I, I i'm not getting the feeling that people are realizing this yet about our government because we've been left mostly untouched by the pandemic yeah. in terms of fatalities i think we have somewhere between two and three hundred dead now yeah we just crossed 300 yeah just crossed 300 and uh yeah, so I think you're right about that. 
I don't want people to die, but I really want them to wake up. Wake up and see that hey, we need to be more involved in our governments. And I think that's something that's probably true for a lot of people around the world. I got a good thing that yeah. that will hopefully come out of this pandemic. It's not a sure thing, but more of a sure thing than the than the first thing. Uh, and that's uh, the concept of working from home. Ah, yes. Because that's the thing I've been, yeah, I mean, I've been very, very for it for a long time. And I think it's important in recapturing some of the autonomy you have as an employee. Because I think a lot of people today, they go to work, they sit in a cubicle, they get washed over by their boss, and they, they're made to really feel like an employee. Like they've, I mean, you're an employee, you work for someone in a company, you work under someone that has authority over you, and you're supposed to behave yourself as if that's what you are. Someone who has a boot on their neck, to put it a bit coarsely. Uh, Anyway, my point is, I think this pandemic has proven that a lot of jobs can be done from home. And I think that's a really good thing to work towards. You've just been enjoying working without having to wear pants. Fuck, um, yes. <laughs> working with no pants is great. Not when you work in a school, that's true. <laughs> that's problematic. But uh, yeah, that was nice. Being able to wear shorts at home, sure. Uh, but I mean, I thought it would be really nice to work from home as a teacher. And it sucked ass. I mean, I missed my students. Uh, there was a ton of work still to do. Uh, I got so sick of my room at home. Oh my god! Ooh, and, and people are like super good with technology. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> tech competence has come a long way. No, it hasn't. Uh, but anyway, uh, I think the biggest effect that working from home has on people is that they, first of all, there's no traveling to and from work. Uh, you get less tired and. Most importantly, you get to break up your day into smaller portions. Uh, you can do you you get told what you have to do. You get a deadline for when you have to do it, and as long as you deliver it by that deadline, you're good. So what I've seen and what I've heard from so many people I know is that hey, <laughs> I can work from home, work as effectively as I normally do, but I can also play with my kids for a few minutes or make dinner, uh, or go to the store. Uh, go for a walk. You can do all those things and be more refreshed, more effective, and you're in a better place mentally. And uh, what I started ranting about at first, the whole employee-employer mentality, yeah. I think that's really important because as, an em- as, as a worker, if you're part of the working class, if you're an employee, you're not just a person who is lucky enough to work for someone, for someone. You're not just lucky enough to have a job. You are a person offering your labor for as a service that you get paid for. That's what having a job is. And I think maybe it's just me being overdramatic. I don't think so, but maybe. I don't know if you agree or not. But I think that mentality has been driven into us that you should be thankful that you have a job. Uh, that you have an employer that gives you a job. Oh, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear a lot more about that after this crisis. <laughs> yeah, and that's simply not true. You are not lucky to be given a job. You're offering your labor, and your employer 
is taking advantage of that labor for a price. And that's a negotiable relationship that should be flexible. And while, of course, as an employee, you have to respect certain rules when it comes to your contract, you have to, I mean... Like if, wearing pants? I mean, if you have a superior officer at your, at your job, then of course you need to listen to that person. But as an employee, you're not supposed to feel like you have a boot on your neck. Like take, I mean, America is always the best example. In America, you can lose your job at a moment's notice for no reason at all. And there's nothing you can do about it. There... Hashtag labor rights. Yeah. So I think working from home is going to be a big thing for us to fight towards. Because I think working more from home will create healthier and more mentally, more mentally fit workers overall. I think it will do good things for our mental health. And I think it will do good things for the labor movement and the working class in general, uh, because there's a lot of psychology that goes unnoticed, I think, in that yes. employer-employee relationship. That's having that perfect, optimized, like, sitting cubicle by cubicle. Like, I'm sure it's cost-effective, but how is it health-effective-wise? Yeah, I mean, just, just imagine, I mean, imagine that's our reality i mean we spend uh, let's take me i spend anything from eight to ten hours every day at work and i like my job but it still takes a toll when i get home there isn't that much i have the energy for and i'm pretty sure if i could take a small break during the day here and there uh just interrupt my day with other stuff i'd be able to do my job better and I, I would feel more healthy and feel better afterwards. And yeah, I think that's a big positive thing that might come out of this pandemic. We'll that and the fact that Donald Trump isn't the president anymore. We'll see I mean, about that. I've, uh, I've yeah. already seen a couple of those. Uh, oh, this is why it's not good for you to work at home. And this is why it's less effective and we need people back. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That's some, that's one thing I'm going to be fighting for, at least. Okay. Uh, well, contrary to the coronavirus, this podcast has to end. Yes. <laughs> so should we just call it a day? Yeah, the, the vaccine is here. We're, yeah. we're, it's over. We're cured from this podcast. Mm. So uh, please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. And send us some feedback if you're interested in arguing or share it with friends or enemies if you didn't like it. Yeah, share it with an enemy. I want to hear what your enemies think of this. <laughs> okay, uh, let's call it a day. Woo, woo.